Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. For a fresh new start MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Hi everyone, this is Fran Lewis And this is MJ Network MJ after my sister Marcia Joyce And this is going to be so cool Douglas Preston is here And hopefully Lincoln will show up And this book is outrageous, The Cabinet of Dr. Lang, and just me tell you, you don't want to go to this man. He is totally crazy and dangerous. And if you love Constance, she's back in 1880. So, good afternoon, and only for you would I do 12 o'clock. Seriously. Well, well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. This is this is so exciting. And when I told everybody this morning, wherever I was, they got all excited. And my cousin just beat me. She has to go listen. So at the end of Bloodless, right, there was a strange ending, right? But the end of Bloodless, which I read. And why did Constance want to go back in time? And tell us about Parallel Universe. I'd like to go into one, too. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it would be nice to get out of this one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Well, Constance, as our longtime readers know, um, is from the 1880s. She was born uh, in 18 uh, in the 1870s, or maybe 1860s, I think. But anyway, she um, uh, you know had a very difficult childhood. Her parents died. She was an orphan. She was a street urchin. She was taken in by the uh, Five Points House of Industry, which is which was a, a mission and a workhouse uh, in the Five Points area of New York City, which was one of the worst slums in the whole country, and where they really raised these orphans, or, and they also took women off the streets, uh, prostitutes uh, who had children and separated them from their children and raised their children in sort of these big dorm-like difficult conditions uh, and tried to, you know, teach them, you know, ram religion down their throats and mm. force them to work long hours. And it was kind of a brutal environment. So that's where Constance grew up. Mm. And she had a brother and a sister who both died. And mm. she went back to 1880 to, to try to save them. And so the way this isn't exactly time travel, but it's based on the actual physical theory, uh, which is held by many physicists today, of parallel universes, that there there are just an almost infinite number of parallel universes to ours, and these universes might not be far away from us. In fact, uh, according to string theory, they might be all wound up and mixed up in mm. our universe uh, on membranes, higher dimensional membranes. They call them brains. And so it might be possible to pierce 
from our universe into one of these alternate universes, some of which have, are exactly like ours, except on a different timeline. They're shifted. And so in this case, Constance doesn't go back in time in our universe, but she, she goes to another universe which has a timeline that's shifted back to 1880. And she's going to save her brother and sister in that timeline. And so that's the, the basic opening of the cabinet of Dr. Lang. And, of course, it involves a protagonist who is the most evil uh, and depraved opponent or, or antagonist of Pendergast in all of our books. Uh, hi, is, Lincoln. How you doing? He just, he just called in. Hi, Fran. Hi, Fran. I'm sorry I'm late. This is so exciting. I got I got the chills reading this, and Dr. Lang goes like the ending. I go, oh my God, this is so cool. So you had to do some research into parallel universes, and like I was telling Doug, I'd like to be in one myself. Seriously, <laughs> and and, yeah. and tell us about the machine. I think everybody would like one, so they could do go wherever they want. So how did you create well, that how, too? Um, how much? Uh, how many spoilers do you want us to include, and how and how much do you want no, us no, to avoid? No, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. No, whatever you want no to spoilers? include. No, we don't want people okay, to know but, because but, basically there are people on the line and they have to buy the book and find out themselves. I'm not going to give it to them. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, well, um, spoiler-free answer to your question then is is the machine that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, actually was a very important um, element in the prior novel, Bloodless. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was never meant for the use that it is now being employed. It was meant for something completely different. And um, in, in, in a way, you know, we, we, we talk about we talk about sort of flippantly about time machines and, and mm. parallel universes, and it's not a time machine in the you know in any sense that a reader who hasn't read our these books would think of. And so I think I can safely say that when they when they find out what it is, who was using it, and what it was intentionally originally mm. meant for, they'll be they'll be. Surprised and and del- delighted because it'll be a real surprise, uh, real shocker. Um, it's not at all what it is in this current book. So beyond that, I don't want to say except that um, no. it it uh, it's got a a fascinating backstory and a history, and it's now being used for for even more shocking purposes. The whole thing was a shocking. Let me tell you, <laughs> and every and every time I got to see the guy that's the title in the title, it's like, oh my god, and I I could not believe that you know the people that work for him just said, okay, they just they were so afraid of him. So how yes. does Const, how does Constance manage to assimilate into a new society and remember the past and the present, and how does she create her new identity? Boy, I think a lot of people would like to do that. Um, the the uh, well, Constance again 
it, it's hard to answer this without without spoilers. Okay. But anybody who's read our books, you know, even a few of our recent books knows that Constance is a very mm-hmm. unusual person, and mm-hmm. and um, she actually um, let's just say that that the past that she goes to is is one she knows very well from a young age, and that's one reason she goes there. Um, she goes there to right certain wrongs and that were done to her and her family, and she's intending to not come back. Um, and this is uh, something that's been part of her her strange character, is that, is that what's troubling her is something she never thought she could address. You know, childhood wrongs mm-hmm. that... And and terrible events that, that she and her family suffered, and you know it is it's haunted her ever since. She never thought she could do anything about it. She's not too happy with. You mentioned living in a in a different universe. You know, there's yeah. she's not too happy with what's going on right now, and she doesn't feel part of it. And she suddenly finds an opportunity to do something about it, and she warns Pendergast. Don't come after me. You, mm. you know what I'll, what I'll do if you do. Um, so it's not so much uh, a, a problem for her as it is an opportunity. Well, he's he's Pendergrass, and we're not going to say what he decides to do. He's in a, he's unique, that's for sure. But you got to love him. So, who who are tell us about Joe, Mary, and Constance in the past. They're totally different. I mean, that was brave that she that she wanted to do that. I don't know how brave anybody yeah, else would so, be to do that. Yeah, the the interesting thing about this this parallel universe or multiverse theory mm-hmm. is that you know in normal time travel there's a a uh, a paradox or a, mm-hmm. a, a which, which is if you you know the paradox is you go back in time. You kill your grandfather, then how how is it that you exist? And so um, this is not a, a paradox because Constance is going back in time, not in our universe, but in a parallel universe. And so, as a result, actually meets herself as a little girl uh, living on the streets. So older Constance rescues little mm. Constance from the horrible streets, the slums of the Five Points, and brings her to her uh, very grand house on Fifth Avenue, which Constance, the older Constance, has managed to, uh, uh, you know, uh, buy. <laughs> I won't go into how she has so much money, but she is rich. And, uh, and that's part yeah. of, of her disguise, really. And it's also part of her, her uh, plan to take revenge on Dr. Lang, the murderer of of her sister Mary. And uh, so anyway, that's, and again, I don't want to go into more detail because it's, no. it's, there's spoilers there, but, but uh, so there's this really interesting uh, dichotomy or, or juxtaposition of the older Constance meeting her younger self. And there's, there are two separate people. And uh, it's very, very strange. Um, we had a lot of fun, and it was quite 
mind-bending to write those scenes where the two constances are together and interacting. That is true. And I wonder if Constance would like to rewrite her own story from the present and the past, too. That, that is really, that, that that's the part I couldn't put down. It's like, how do you see yourself in the past when you're definitely in the past? I'd love to do that. That would be really cool. So then well, you the do about, something. To, go on. Well, I was just going to say, the thing about Constance is that she's very di- unhappy. I mean, her past, she had a very yeah. difficult, extremely difficult uh, past, uh, a really horrifying past in many ways, and she's damaged from it. And so she sees herself going back to 1880 mm-hmm. as a way to turn back the clock and have a redo. And wouldn't we all like a redo in our lives? I know. I think a lot of people would like a redo. Now, this has really got me. Then in the present, you have a murder case in my favorite museum, the Museum of Natural History. You, how did you create that, and do they really have that stuff in freezers? I won't say what. Um, that, that, oh, that was it. that was so cool! Oh my God! <laughs> Link, Link, yeah, Link will answer that question. Okay. And Doug can embroider on the freezers should he want to, because he knows more about them than I do. But the reason for that that murder mystery is because. Um, we introduced several books ago uh, a partner for Pendergast mm-hmm. um, in a book called Verses for the Dead. And yep. uh, we didn't intend, just like in Still Life with Crows, we, we, we plopped Pendergast down in Kansas because it was mortifying to him to be so out of his element. We thought we, mm-hmm. for one book, we'd give him a partner, which would also be outside of his comfort zone. Um, And so that's where Agent Coldmoon came from, but they got along so well over that, you know, they stayed uh, in Florida for two books, and then they went up to Savannah for Bloodless. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not only Constance's story that... that, that, doesn't end, but it's also Cold Moon's story. You know, I think that people would have been unhappy if we just saw him flying off to Denver at the end of Bloodless. Um, yeah. And at the same time, we uh, felt that um, it was time to, to revisit, because in many ways, the cabinet of Dr. Lang is a, is a sort of a, a in a sense, it's a, it's a not a sequel so much as a response to our successful and and by us much beloved earlier book, The Cabinet of Curiosity, um, we felt that it was a a good time for us to revisit some of our most beloved characters who we may have been unfairly ignoring for a while while Pendergast was out with Cold Moon. So we thought Mm. our readers would enjoy it if we brought back uh, the Augusta, the New York City um, police uh, a lieutenant, um, uh, and uh, and his wife Laura, um, mm-hmm. in a mystery set in the uh, museum. And so we could bring the museum back into the picture. And also, we thought, wouldn't it be even better if uh, 
somehow Coleman's case, mm-hmm. or we could show a case taking place out in the Native American um, uh, communities and reservations um, that people may not know much about, but Coleman, being a Lakota, um, you know, could, could we could see it through his eyes. Um, and if that case were to eventually link up with the Augustus case uh, in New York, um, and so we'd have several plot threads going, not just yeah. New York in, in 1880s, but New York in the present day and also areas far away um, uh, from, from from there. Uh, and, uh, you know, this gives us a chance, you know, both for the reader to cut away to other people that they may like, um, but also to show, um, to bring back in this, as I said, uh, kind of a, a response or, or a closing argument to Cabinet of Curiosities um, <clears throat> gives us a chance to revisit the places, uh, reintroduce those characters, and that led to to a mystery uh, and a murder that we that you know we 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 took a long time thinking up to make it. It's believable and interesting that Colburn and uh, D'Agosta would would ultimately get together to work on it. And that involved a curator um, working inside a freezer, mm. having been stuck and frozen to death inside a freezer when she was locked inside the museum. Um, mm. And Doug can... And 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 there's, it's no exaggeration, and Doug can tell you more about the the freezers and what they contain. Yeah, the, uh, that that freezer is really, really there. I mean, obviously it's 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 real, and uh, and they really do have the skin uh, of from elephants shot by Teddy Roosevelt, frozen for the last hundred years. Mm. I'm ready. Place the skins on the Elephant Hall, uh, the African Hall in the museum, whenever that time comes, which may be another hundred years. Mm. Who knows? This this is this was really good. First of all, I love Coleman, so I was Thank glad you. you brought him back. No, I really like him because he gives pentagrams and one for his money. He doesn't tolerate just like he says what he has to say. So. He gets involved with that murder. So why is running for the Indian? Why was he arrested, and why do we think he's innocent? Why does he think he's innocent? Well, the thing is that, that it looks like an open and shut case in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, so Cold Moon, the Cold Moon, as they're investigating, and all the evidence points to the killer, and they find the gun on his property, and it's his gun. And he claimed that it had been stolen, and that was clearly a lie, and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And so Colton's partner is like, okay, we're done. But there are a couple of little anomalies in the case that Colton, mm. he's dissatisfied. He doesn't, he's not totally satisfied. He doesn't feel like they've really investigated to the fullest. So much to his partner's annoyance, because Colton is a senior agent here, he says, listen, I just want to I want to check out a few other things. I mean, they've even arrested the guy they mm. think is the murderer being going to be arraigned. 
And when Sir Coldman starts poking around, and oh my God, he uncovers uh, not a an ordinary murder over owed money and a fight, which is what it seemed like beginning, but he uncovers the most sophisticated and extremely clever murder plot to murder this Native American artist. But why? Why murder? Why this? This extraordinarily sophisticated effort to murder this Native American artist and pin the murder on someone uh, who, you know, uh, on a money dispute. And so that's where Cold Moon suddenly opens the door, Pandora's box, opens the door and finds this amazing link back to the Museum of Natural History and the curator locked inside the freezer naked and frozen solid. And that that is where the, the that that subplot really takes off. I know, that was scary and the poor guy froze to death or something. Please freezing. Oh God. So how does he connect with DaCosta and what do they learn from Black? Who helps him out? And why Sitting Bull? You know I like Sitting Bull. Well now <laughs> you Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead, Link, go ahead. Uh, um, the without getting into spoilers again, okay. um, we we needed, as Doug said, to have what looked like an open and shut case, um, but it turned out to be something of far mm-hmm. more insidious. And you mentioned Sitting Bull, and we won't say how we won't go beyond that and say more about it. Okay. But it turns out that there is. You know, um, it has to do with artifacts, uh, real or otherwise, you know, because some of those artifacts um, uh, are that are in museums, in the, in the, particularly in the West, are much prized by collectors, including very wealthy, unsavory collectors, and who would be willing to murder, if necessary, to cover up their uh, stealing of, of cultural uh, patrimony um, mm. and uh, and things with which you know of, or things of questionable provenance um, and that also is what leads to um, that that same act, kind of activity that is taking place uh, in in the, the case that is being investigated by Cold Moon is also happening over we eventually learn in the case the Augusta is um uh is investigating but you know we, we, we wrote it in such a way that each mm. one knew half of the story or maybe less than half of the story. But once Cold Moon realizes he has to go to New York to continue his investigation, he meets up with the Augusta and to their surprise, they find out not only do they know Pendergast, both of them, but they find out they're working on cases that turn out to be connected in a very unexpected and interesting way. And that's when they're able to put the pieces they know, the puzzle, together and make a more complete picture. And then their joint was well, a semi-joint case because... The Augusta is concerned about the museum murder and 
and Coble is originally tasked with this case, um, you know, out on the reservation. But it soon leads not only to New York, but it leads abroad, and it's a much mm-hmm. it's a different country. It's a much larger case than expected. Um, and so, without again giving away too much, that's basically mm-hmm. how they get together and where their where their case their joint case is headed. Let's take it back to the past for a second. I was fascinated with Constance and her wealth and how she got around and she just she just knew how to assimilate. She had no problem being being a rich rich person in in the past. So, without giving away too much, what can you tell people about the the title of the book, Doctor Lang? What what, is, what about him will keep you keep you guessing? And you actually you hear his voice and you hear him and you guess like, oh my God, I'm glad he's not standing in front of me. He's scary. How did you create him? Well, he was created in our novel, uh, uh, The Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh-huh. And that was, our, that, that was a novel we wrote many years ago. Um, and he just, he is just one of the most intelligent mm-hmm. and uh, clever, sophisticated, and complex villains in our novels. And he's a brilliant doctor um, and he's he has a plan. And it turns out that he's Pendergast's great great uncle. Is it great great uncle or great uncle? Anyway, he's Ooh. He's, he's, he's related to Pendergast. But he's, he's an absolutely brilliant doctor. But he's he's a very dark personality. And he is the ultimate um, cynic and he has a plan and I'm not going to say what the plan is you have to read no. <laughs> to, to understand but this is a very dark plan and in order to accomplish this plan it's going to take a long time and so he realizes that in order to achieve what he wants to achieve he has to first find a way to prolong his life lifespan mm-hmm. because he is a brilliant doctor and a chemist a neuro you know biologist uh, biochemist that he's in a, an excellent position to figure out how to do that and that's what his, he does in cabinet of curiosities um, is find a way to extend his lifespan so that he can accomplish this this other plan of his that is not has nothing to do with extending his lifespan. That's just a tool for him to use. And uh, but he needs. I, I don't want to go into too much detail to spoil no. it, but it's uh, the prolongation of his lifespan requires the sacrificing of of young women um, and the vivisecting of their bodies in order to acquire. A uh, certain um, uh, organ called the cauda equina, uh, which he uses to create this this elixir. He calls it an elixir, but it's really a biochemical, um, a very sophisticated biochemical uh, process that then he, he can use to extend his lifespan. He and, actually uh, justifies it in his own mind. He actually thinks he's doing the right thing. That's even scarier. 
this is a good point, a good time for me to point out that um, ideally, you know, we've, we've written trilogies in the past, books that have mm. spilled out into multiple volumes. And for the reader to get the, the fullest enjoyment of this story, um, mm. they should really start with Cabinet of Curiosities and then read Bloodless and then read the newest one, Cabinet of Dr. Lang, because all the questions mm. you're asking, or at least the ones we want we want to have answered, are covered in that series of books and the book that will follow oh, Dr. God. Lang, which we are working on right now. Um, How many? How many more? Oh, well, that, that the, the, we, 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 we weren't happy leaving this book um, the way we did in terms of mm-hmm. I mean, the, book, mm-hmm. the book. The book has an ending. You know, it's not like it just is chopped off. But uh, not all the answers are 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 uncovered yet, and there are still people that need to be dealt with. Um, and that will be finished in the next book, the book we're working on now. And mm-hmm. so I'm so have have no fear. Pendergast will continue, but this particular case that is very close to him um, will be resolved um, or that's our intention anyway sometimes our characters have other ideas but uh, will be resolved by the end of the next book that we are working on now I took a class in special ed for my uh, administration masters a while ago and they did Willowbrook and all sorts of places like this and as I read his story, I go, oh my God! Some of it was bone chilling. Reminded me of what I learned. I was like, this is this it's scary. Could it really happen now? Could somebody actually want to do that? That's really scary. And back then, they actually did. So, in the past, we've got Constance. And what what is her affiliation with Mrs. Flint? And how did you create the red wall? Oh my God, that was so amazing. I'm sorry. Her affiliation with who? Mrs. Flint. Oh, oh, okay. So you're talking about bloodless. Um, uh, they, Wasn't she in this uh, one too? And then the red wall she no. created. Uh, well, the red wall. Yes, wall. Uh, that's part of the uh, that's part of the machine that um, goes into the oh, past. Talking but, about the ball. The ball, yeah. Oh, the red ball. Oh. Uh, the party. Yeah. Was that... My mistake. Yeah, Go and, ahead, Doug. Well, and Mrs. Flint um, is the uh, is the well, she's a member of New York Society uh, from you know mm-hmm. one of the four hundred very wealthy New Yorker from the eighteen eighties. Mm-hmm. And uh, Constance insinuates her way into this woman's graces. And then this woman is throwing a ball, a huge ball, mm-hmm. in her Avenue mansion. And so Constance realizes this is a marvelous uh, uh, way to, 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 to become acquainted with Dr. Lang. Because she needs, in order to accomplish what she wants to accomplish, she needs to meet him. She needs to get to know him. And so this red ball seems like the perfect 
uh, way for her to do that. So mm-hmm. she um, then becomes, you know, helps this woman put on this fantastical ball, just like the grand balls of the, the Gilded Age. I mean, it really is like the balls of the Astors and, the, and the, you know, the, the very wealthy people of the Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. And um, and she was able to lure Lang in with this invitation because Lang, Dr. Lang is not a member of this social set. He's he's a bit of a recluse. He's someone who operates alone. And so she's able to lure him into this ball where she then makes his acquaintance. And Lang is fascinated with her, spellbound with her. And this is exactly what Constance intends. Or at least Mm. Constance thinks. But, you know, again, I can't go further because we don't want spoilers Mm. here. But but that red ball is a pivotal pivotal moment in the novel. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm my apologies. I was. Her her name is actually Cabot Flint, and um, yeah, I Flynn, was thinking yeah. of Miss Frost from the prior book. But um, in the red ball that you mentioned, we made a we we made a significant nod um, uh, to Poe's Mask of the Red Death um, with its with its multifarious um, chambers of delights and horrors at, during the the, the mask mm. ball he puts on, and um, we thought that it was suitably gothic and would would be the kind of thing that would draw laying out, um, so he could he could perversely and uh, you know marvel at the ridiculousness of of high society and and the uh, superficiality of of their entertainments um, is kind of like the uh, the forgot the scavenger hunt in the beginning of the film My Man Godfrey, you know, with mm. the, uh, the idle rich at their at their silly pleasures. This is scary, and there's people that would still do that today. The rich just do whatever they want. It's 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 amazing. So what about the technology, and what happens, I don't want to give this, what happens to the machine that that happens all of a sudden? Well, the, well, the uh, machine, go ahead, Doug. Yeah, no, the, the machine, um, you know, in Bloodless is destroyed. Yeah. But uh, Pendergast yeah. and Proctor working together with, with a certain third party, uh, managed, they managed to rebuild the machine. And so that's what allows, because what happened was um, Constant went back in time using the machine and then destroyed it so Pendergast couldn't follow her. Pendergast, re, you know, finally rebuilds the machine and goes back in time to, uh, because he knows that 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 as 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 a competent and crazy as Constance is, mm. she's no match for. Pendergast knows that Constance is not going to succeed against Lang, and he realizes he needs to go back and help her, even though she has forbidden him to do so. So that's. So who, that's uh, this is it's scary. Let me tell you, but he's like obsessed with her. How come? Well, it's a very Why? complicated. Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. 
I know. I just was. I somebody cut out for a moment. Please go ahead. Um, well, anyway, yeah, this, it's, it's a very complicated relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, we don't really know where it's headed. Uh, I don't think anyone. I don't think Constance or Pendergast know where this relationship is headed. Um, but it's a very intense relationship on many levels, and. Uh, uh, I don't really think we can predict what's going to happen. No, you know, until you write it or you decide what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. This is like, oh my God. So, before I forget, next Friday, um, I'm skipping Monday because I'm not sure if Matt Coyle is going to be able to do it. Um, this is really scary. It's called Mark for Life, Isaac Wright Jr. He's a criminal defense attorney that spent 16 years in prison, wrongly accused. And it's a very it's a true story, and he's going to tell us about it. And he works with criminals, you know, with people in jail that were wrongly accused. On the 7th, somebody we all know and love, David Putnam, in Scorned. On the 13th, um, we have the Greenleaf Murders. And on the 20th, we have a panel show with four New York Times authors. And on the 23rd, somebody we all love, love T.J. O'Connor. And that's just some of February, and I'm excited because Iris Johansson's coming on in March. So how does Dr. Ling create the rest of it without saying anything? And what message does he want to convey? God, he scares me. Uh, I can answer that very briefly. Um, okay. <laughs> Dr. Lang, Dr. Lang has no no message he wants to convey. He really is a misanthrope in the in the strongest possible sense, mm. and he doesn't want to reform humanity. He thinks humanity mm. is beyond mm. reforming if it if it ever had the opportunity. So he simply his message is. Um, uh, uh, not not of Wiedersehen, but um, uh, you know, goodbye, essentially. Um, and and that is the message he's giving to humanity. Uh, au revoir, not of Wiedersehen. Well, the last the last scene, and I won't say it, uh, which takes place wherever, is is even scarier. So who is who is Da Costa? What does he have to do with this? Degusta is a character from one of our, our earlier books. He's a yeah. lieutenant in New York uh mm-hmm. police. He's um he was go he goes back as far as Relic and he was in the the, the, the book that germinated and uh this book, uh Cabinet of Curiosities and we felt that it would be a good idea to bring him and uh, his wife back into the story and partner mm-hmm. up with Pendergast once again. So what is there's a terminology, I hope I got this right. What does Corda Equina mean? What does that mean? And how does that relate to Mary? I love Mary, poor Mary. Well Corda Aquina is Latin for horse's tail. And mm-hmm. it's a a bundle of nerves at the base of the spine where the mm-hmm. spinal cord breaks out into thousands and thousands of nerves going down to the lower part of the body. 
so that it it's a huge, it's like a cable, and mm. uh, that is the of the body that uh, Lang needs to harvest for his arcanum, uh, his 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 biochemical formula for uh, extending his life. That's kind of scary. So at the end of the story or in the middle, whatever, tell us more about Mary. Why was she there? And I mean, he was like, poor, I felt so bad for her. She was there because uh, the way Ling picked his mm. victims was by, quote, unquote, donating his services to the House of Industry in New York's uh, worst slum, the Five Points, you know, and in donating mm-hmm. his services, he also managed to find victims who he could use for for creating the uh, elixir he was hoping to use to extend his life. And Mary, unfortunately, was original in 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 our universe. She was a victim of his. And mm-hmm. Constance, her sister, has gone back to rescue her, so to make sure that in a different a parallel universe, she's not a victim. And it, it, we could not write the book without having some scenes from Mary's point of view when she is mm. um, uh, when she is imprisoned by Lang and has no idea what what um, lies in store for her. He, he's really he's he's so scary. It's amazing. That would are you going to? This is a, an odd question. Now he's in the past. Would he ever come back into the present? Would you bring Doctor Lang into the present? To make it worse? Well, that's a, that's, that's a good question, and we don't know. <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, the, the story is going to unfold in very unpredictable ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of this, uh, not everything is resolved, and uh, the story, Lane, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, uh, has not been overcome yet. But Lang has plans. And they are very sophisticated. And uh, he, he mm-hmm. knows, fortunately, he knows all about the time machine now. So how he's going to react, what he's going to do, is all uh, something for the next book. I can't wait. So how did you create the unexpected ending? And I was like, oh, my God, especially that last page, which I won't say what it said. I was like, oh, my God, uh, that, well, that, we- that, that got me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we can't say either, except no. that we thought of, we wanted since we once we knew that this book, um, Cabin of Doctor Lang, the new book which just came out uh, in hardcover uh, and ebook. Um, when once we knew that book would not be the final uh, word in the in the overall story, so that would wait until the next book. We then concentrated on thinking of the most surprising and shocking ending and most surprising and shocking uh, person we could bring into the the mm. final pages to help in this fight against Lang, which Pendergast and Constance are, are clearly uh, on the point of losing. And, and so mm. your shock is quite understandable because that was what we were hoping for. And more than mm. that, uh, I cannot say. No, you can't. Uh, so what is next for them without giving away too much? And then I read on Facebook, both of you have um, new one single coming out. 
you know, uh, standalones that you both wrote, you wrote one and, and Link wrote one, Megan wrote one? Both of you wanted to set, wrote a different one? I um, I can tell you that um, what's what's next um, for them is mm-hmm. that uh, uh, they will now try to uh, pick themselves up from the awful place where Lane mm-hmm. has left them and try to salvage a def- uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. Um, as for our solo books, I wrote a, a novel called Chrysalis that came out of early. Um, late last year, uh, and um, yeah. it was starring my my series character, the enigmologist or ghost hunter, uh, solver of enigmas, Jeremy Logan, um, uh, in in a new a new mystery involving virtual reality, and Doug himself uh, has been busy also, and I'll let him speak to that. Yeah, you yeah, have another one coming out too. How come I, I never got that chrysalis one? And I asked for it. I didn't know who to ask. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, I um I have a new book coming out. It's not for over a year though. It's it's called Extinction. It's a novel. Um mm-hmm. a pretty horrifying novel. Um uh, and I really can't say any more than that, but it'll be published in April of 2024. I'll have to wait all that time to get it. So sad. <laughs> and when do you predict <laughs> the next one for this to come out? I mean, I have it in front of me, and if you ever saw what I did to books, I destroyed them. I underline, I circle, I you know write, write a question mark so I know what questions to ask and everything. And then your publisher was very nice to send me a hardcover that my doctor's wife is getting. In order to come, I don't have to go visit him for an appointment. I just can't show up without a book, without books. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he re, yeah, Dr. Mermelstein reads reads all of your books. So he said, I, you need to bring that one when you come next time or you're passing by the office, don't come without books. So I've got a half a dozen okay. for him. <laughs> it's it's uh, hilarious. And if I call up, they go, story. are you the book queen? So... Um, <laughs> Which is amazing. But to answer your so, question, um, yeah. you know, we're also working on um, a second series, our Nora Kelly series. Oh, good. And that's the book that's coming out uh, most immediately. Um, but but the, the the final volume in the Lang series, we are working on very hard as well. And we we don't know, but we would hope that it will be published approximately a year from the publication of Lang. So next Next spring, uh, January, February, uh, God willing, and the creek don't rise. I I hope so. What I really love, to be very honest, is that you don't write about the virus. I've read, my my husband's keeping a tally on me. I think I've read about 15,000 books in the last 10 years, not even, maybe more, seriously. And... This, the, you know, your books. I, I sit down, I read this, and I'm going. Thank God, I don't have to deal with the virus. Thank God, I can deal with something, something different. But I wonder what would what would happen if Pendergrass and Lang and Constance and all of them met in the present, all at the same time. And are you, you, he's the only doctor that's in this. You're not going to create somebody that's going to work with him in the, in that kind in that specific uh, hospital. So are no, there, we are there a lot of books we, about viruses out there? 
Yeah, we and we've written our own, and we didn't want to add to the general misery of the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank um, you. At, at time. I, I, uh, but, I can't. But, uh, the, the the doctors in this book don't really have the, the betterment of humanity in mind, and so uh, you don't have to worry. They're not going to be involved in uh, any mm-hmm. kind of virus as. I hate to say it, but as pedestrian as the coronavirus, mm-hmm. so yeah, no need to worry about that. Well, how come the nurses in this hospital just go along with him, and they're not afraid? I mean, they're afraid to go against him. And when he says get this person regular, you know, for surgery or whatever, why do they just listen? It's it's almost as if they're like you know, mind mind controlled. Well, no, actually, he's fooled them into thinking that he's taking these poor unfortunates, as yeah. they call them, to his uh, special clinic for special mm-hmm. treatment. So they think that he's this wonderful, kind, you know, doctor who's donating his services to the poor and that the people that he's mm-hmm. taking away, which you never see again, are, have gone on to a much better clinic and a much better mm-hmm. life and are being taken care of. They have they have no idea what he's up to. And of course he presents he presents as a very uh thoughtful, kind, soft spoken doctor. Uh and everyone just loves him. Uh, they think he's just a saint. So what happens with the murder in the present of running? What happens to what happens with that? Do you end that one in there too or is it gonna keep going? Well, remember that the, the murder of Rodney is sort of a parallel investigation yeah. of the murder uh, of the curator, and that mm-hmm. allows us to have Colmoon and D'Augusta working at the same time, yeah. um, and the two cases intersect. So in a sense, the murder of Rodney is solved, but it leads to another greater case, which which um, both D'Augusta, well, primarily Colmoon will be involved with in the book to follow. I love we didn't Cold want. Moon. We didn't want. You know, we're not ready to let go Coburn yet. He'll be in at least at least one more book. But when are you going to bring Nora back? I love well, Nora too. is off on her own series um, with with mm-hmm. Corey Swanson, the FBI yeah, graduate, and she's probably going to stay in her own world um, now that her husband is, has uh, been. Being killed in New York is not a, a place that she mm-hmm. likes to remember much anymore. Um, but she's off. She's very busy. As any readers of um, uh, our new book, Diablo Mesa, which is, is coming out in paperback now, uh, which which features Nora and Corey, uh, can tell you. I have to get that. I love I love Nora and Corey, but I understand at the end why she got upset. That's all I'll say about that. I felt bad too. <laughs> I know. I go like, wait a minute. She's really liking this this poor thing, and her boss is. I don't like him at all. You can kill him off if you want. Seriously. So, <laughs> where can we find out more about you and your work, and all the books that you've written, so everybody that's listening can get them? Well, we have a, a website, uh, PrestonandChild dot dot com. Uh, which uh, if you Google it, uh, you'll you'll find it. It's it's right up there. Uh, Lincoln and I both have Wikipedia pages that 
fans have been kind enough to create. And we also have a Facebook page, also called PrestonChild.com. And uh, so you can get a lot of information. If you just Google our names, all kinds of junk comes up. (laughs) Yeah, it does come up, yeah. (laughs) I just hope Link's criminal record doesn't doesn't pop up on that. Well, I want to thank you so much, too. This This has been so much fun. I don't know how it is by you. Did you guys have snow yesterday? I had snow, uh, yeah. Well, Doug's in Santa Fe, so he didn't have any snow. And I'm in Florida, so neither did I. Yeah, that's where my family well, is, in Florida. I did have snow yesterday. It's been snowing here for days and days. Yeah, and we had, we had a morning, ton of snow. When, when I got up this morning, it was 17 degrees. Very cold. Well, here it's 32. We're having a heat wave. Because two days ago, it was 16. It snowed, like, for about two hours, and then this morning it was pouring rain. And where are you located? I'm in, I'm in Westchester, Upper Westchester in Hartsdale, and you never know what's going to happen up here in New York. I know. I I lived in Mayapack, north of you, uh, for several years, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. I, I know you never know. The weather is unpredictable, but what can I say? Thank you so much. This has been great. And whenever you come out with a new one, make sure that Stacy sends it to me. She's she's the best. Right. Very good. Stacy is well, the best. Very, and we really appreciate your interest in our books, and we salute oh, your you, listeners. You're very welcome. And I posted your five-star review last week. And I Thank posted it on much. my Just Reviews. And it's it's amazing, mind-boggling, because the minute I, I post something, everybody reads it. Seriously. And, you know, they comment well, you here and there, and I don't really care because I don't write negative reviews ever. And if a book isn't worth four and a half, five stars, I'll just write a summary. I won't review it because I won't write anything that's negative about somebody's work because people work too hard because I know how it feels to get negative reviews. And you just like it goes right over your head. It doesn't matter. Well, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, I would say. Um, thank that's you. So thank you so much. Everybody, the sun is shining. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Link. Have a great day. And bye. Take care. Bye.